I was a good girl and I was doing what I was supposed to do. I was supposed to, I'm, supposed to, I'm married. I'm supposed to fuck my husband. So I did. But I did it begrudgingly and I didn't really enjoy it after a while. I got tired of it. I got bored. But first, a word from our sponsors. Tax season is coming up, everybody. It ain't sexy, but it's necessary. And for years, I have been filing with BrassTaxes.com. They offer tax help for freelancers, artists, and as their website calls it, other nice people. The sooner you schedule your first appointment, the cheaper it is to file with them. So if you don't feel like you've been getting your money's worth out of quote-unquote free tax applications, head on over to BrassTaxes.com and schedule a consultation today. Let them know Billy Presida sent you. I'll get a little bit on the back end. BrassTaxes.com Beducated.com teaches you real sex techniques using real people, not just diagrams and pussy puppets. Get 70% off an annual membership with code MANHORE at beducated.com. That's code MANHORE at B-E-D-U-C-A-T-E-D dot com. Or click the link in the show notes. Now let's get to the show. Welcome to the Manor Podcast. What's up, all you elder whores and old soul sluts? This is Billy Presida, and you're listening to the Man Whore Podcast. Uh, Geriatric Goobers was also on the list, but didn't quite make the cut. Welcome, welcome. This week on the pod, I have got on Susan Bratton. She's a, she's an intimacy expert. She has a really fascinating story. I was very surprised and, and happy to hear about can't wait to share it with y'all in a little bit. Uh, but first, those of y'all who listened through uh, through the outro last week know that I'm on a little podcation right now. That means I've uploaded all of January's episodes already, so I can uh, focus on some other things for a hot minute because I deserve it. Hashtag self-care. <laughs> I'm telling you that. So if something like major and huge happens this month and you're like, why the fuck didn't Billy mention this? Like, if OnlyFans actually bans come, which there's like a little rumor floating around right now on on Reddit and Twitter, like, is OnlyFans gonna ban quote seminal fluid? Ah, um, just you know, if that happens, I didn't know. Podcast Me doesn't know about it yet, uh, so just you know, I'll get to it. But I did want to share with you something amazing that happened last month. Sex work doesn't often have good news. Right when sex works in the news, it, it's usually a New York Post headline about dead hookers or a happy ending sting operation where they arrest someone kind of famous. And lately, it's been a lot of screaming about child porn on OnlyFans, even though Facebook has hundreds of thousands more of what they call CSAM complaints. That stands for child sexual abuse material, right? OnlyFans and Pornhub put together doesn't even compare to the amount of CSAM complaints that Facebook gets, okay? But this time, I've got something good to report. Nicole Gilliland used to do porn. Then she pursued nursing school. You know how people will tell whores to get a real job? Well, she quote-unquote was doing exactly what they said. But when staff at Southwestern Oregon Community College found out that Nicole used to do porn, they started treating her differently. They started grading her papers worse. They accused her of plagiarism when they hadn't before. And, and this is the crucial part, when she asked why, one teacher said, 
It takes a classy woman to be a nurse, and unclassy women shouldn't be nurses. And when she said that, she pointed to Nicole to indicate who was the unclassy woman. Which, pause, lady, you are a teacher at a community college. I don't know. People in community college houses shouldn't throw stones. No shade to any listeners who work at or attend community colleges, but if you're a nursing professor at a community college with an ordinal direction in the school's name, I don't want you taking care of my grandpa. I don't care how classy you are. If you were a better nurse, maybe you'd teach at just Western Oregon Community College. I don't know. Anyway, Nicole flunked out of Southwestern Oregon Community College. Good old SOCC. I hear their mascot is the crusty sock you jizz into. So, Nicole sued Sock for sex-based discrimination under Title IX. Title IX protects you from discrimination by a public school based on your sex. And when you say that unclassy women shouldn't be nurses, and that's why you're giving her bad grades, that is discriminating based on what you think a classy woman is. Boom. This is also kind of sad for two reasons. First, people are still discriminating against sex workers all the time. These people are told to get a real job until they try to get a real job. Then it's get a real job away from me. Notice that none of these moral crusaders are offering employment when they tell strippers to get off the pole. Kind of like how the same crusaders will tell women to keep their baby and we'll we'll support you through this entire pregnancy until the kid is born and then poof, they disappear like my self-esteem after a bad selfie. The second reason this is sad is Nicole would probably have had no legal recourse if this one shitty professor hadn't said this very specific thing. If she just said, I don't like porn stars. I'm not sure Nicole would be able to do anything about it. But for the first time ever last month, a court upheld that discriminating against sex workers based on your opinion of what a proper woman is, does count as sex-based discrimination. The judge wrote that the case could go forward because, legally, it's not about discriminating against a porn performer, but discriminating against, quote, the kind of woman, end quote, that the college perceived her to be because she was a porn performer. And now Nicole gets to sue their asses off because your opinion on how a gender is supposed to behave does not mean you get to act upon it, at least not while the federal government pays your salary. Before I get to this week's guest, Susan Bratton, let's get to our fan whore appreciation moment. Okay. It seems like the lettered names are becoming a theme. This week, I'm giving a shout out and a big thank you to DC. Hey, I'm more of a Marvel kind of guy, but anyone who throws me a few dollars on Patreon is right by me. Thank you for supporting the show. Thanks for supporting me. And you too can become a member for as little as $2 a month. It only takes $2 to say, hey, I did my part. Support the pod you love, support the work I'm doing, keep a roof over my head, keep condoms on my cock by joining at patreon.com slash podcast. Become a member today and enjoy a slew of great rewards at patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash podcast. Let's go uh, learn some more about Susan Bratton. If you have to ask what my favorite sex toy is, then you must be new around here, because we all know it's the Motor Bunny. 
The Motor Bunny is a saddle-style vibrator, if you're unfamiliar. We're selling the most powerful vibrator you're ever going to own, and we're selling fuck machines, whatever fits your fancy. And you can get $40 off when you use promo code MANHORE at MotorBunny.com. Again, use promo code MANHORE at MotorBunny.com, or just click the link in the show notes. Now let's get to the show. Yeah, I've been listening to your show for a long time. Oh, really? And, uh, oh, I love it. And and it's been my life's desire to say, hello, man whore. <laughs> <laughs> and, and hello, Susan Braddon. Yes, uh, but no, I'm glad you could be here. You, uh, you, you seem to be a woman of many talents. There's a lot going on. You're like a really good marketer. It's not easy either. Everything prevents you from being in the business of sex. Absolutely. I mean, mm -hmm. tell me your, your experience with it. Well, um, it's difficult to find my people. And, and it's interesting because I, I had this, I had a little moment of vulnerability today when I was thinking about coming on your show, the man whore show. I'm so excited. And I thought, I hope I'm weird enough because, and I definitely am. Don't worry. Because the second I thought that I was like, oh, fuck, no, I'm fine. <laughs> Mommy be kinky enough. But uh, I, my business is teaching passionate lovemaking techniques. And I know when I reached out to you and I said, Billy, I'd love to do a show with you. You were like, okay, but I don't want, I don't want it to be like, you're teaching me shit. I just want to talk to you. And I was, I was totally fine with that. Of course, my, my people, if you will, are 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, 90, heterosexual, monogamous, or want to be in a monogamous relationship. They are more vanilla, less kink. They want, because my brand is transforming having sex into making love. Mm -hmm. And what I do, I'm not a therapist. I don't fix your traumas I or, or get you to like feel sensation. What I do is teach you hot sex techniques, passionate lovemaking techniques, con heart connected types of things. Mm. Lovemaking. If there was one word about what I do, it's teaching people lovemaking. And that is, that's a big market. You, you seem to be wanting to make really good sex accessible. I want it to be so orgasmically intertwined that you feel like you're in a bliss state that you're co-creating in the moment together mm -hmm. and that it's that being totally in love and totally turned on for each other and getting lost in each other. It's a very romantic kind of sexuality that I go for, one that's got a lot of um, adoration and encouragement and surrender and um, getting out of your head and into your body and coming like crazy. I jokingly call myself an orgasmonaut. I go to the far reaches of orgasmic outer space and I I basically just figure out all the different ways you can come and then I tell you how to do it. Because I think orgasm and the state of orgasm is not so performative. One of the things that 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 
that I get stuck on with regard to things like kink, BDSM and stuff like that is that it's all, it can be very sexy and surrendered when you're really good at it. And it's the place you like to be and you're comfortable in the state. But getting there, you really have to start out in kind of a performative way. I'm trying to be the counterbalance to that. I'm trying to be the, I don't give a shit what my fucking ass looks like. Mm. I am coming all over you, whatever that is. I want it to just be like the, the animalistic in that way of feeling your humanity together. Where, where do you, where does your origin come from in all this? Cause are you, te- you're not technically, a, you're not a sex therapist. Are you a sex no. coach? What is your, like, what's no. the modifier you use? You know, the, the title that I use is intimacy expert to millions. That's kind mm-hmm. of my, my title. I used to, I used to call myself trusted hot sex advisor to millions, but my PR firm was like, that's too sexual. I can't get you on TV with that shit. I let them go. I let them go. Good for you. Because I realized after a year of dumbing myself down and them wanting to keep talking about, you know, the the five five cheap dates based on your pillars of passion. And I'm like, I don't want to talk about that. I want to talk about expanded orgasm practice. I want to talk about female ejaculation. I want to talk about the 20 kinds of male and female orgasm. I want to talk about sexual biohacking. I want to talk about penis pumps. And so then now, okay. where, so now where do you come from learning those things to then go teach off to others? Yeah. Uh, like anybody, I just, uh, on the job training research, um, I have a loose knit band of mischievous professionals who are my inside track of cohorts. I, I work with every, everybody from leading urologists to, um, manufacturers of, of penis pumps to, um, all the top sexperts, we're all friends. I call them up when I'm like, so do the clit legs go like straight down or back in? You know, (laughs) tell me about the, tell me about the clitoral frenulum, you know, (laughs) because I'm kind of an anatomy nerd too. So it's a little bit of everything because what I do is I publish passionate lovemaking techniques. Basically I've written and published close to 40 different books on sex, everything from how to talk dirty without feeling weird, things that aren't necessarily just, hey, you fucking slut, suck my cock kind of things, but more like penis praise and pussy praise and adoration and encouragement and sensual talk, you know, and that that's more the kind of... So I, I read, I listen, but a lot of it just comes from within me. And what got you into this type of work in the first place? I, I assume you you said you've been a lifelong entrepreneur. It sounds yeah. like I, I didn't get the vibe that you've been doing this for, you know, 30, 40, 50 years. So what, what were you doing before all of this? And what was the turning point that got you to be like, you know what, I think I can do this like as a, as a career. This month is 30 years with my husband. Mazel. And about 10 years into our relationship, 11 to be exact, we were intimately estranged. 
we weren't fucking each other. Basically, he wanted to mm. fuck me all the time, and I didn't want to fuck him back. And it was mostly just because we didn't know what we were doing, and it wasn't satisfying for me. And I'd done it for over a decade. And how much can you do it when it's not that great for you? It's great for guys. It's so easy for you guys. You stick your dick in and come, and it's like, bam, you're done. You know, uh, often too fast. And I do I'll, want to I'll, talk to you about premature I'll, ejaculation. And I want I want to talk to you about how it's not always as simple and easy for the dick havers either. We'll trade barbs on that too. <laughs> true that. No, that's so, true. So, it, is, it is an oversimplification. <laughs> totally fair. I agree with you. No, yeah. So so eleven a- years yeah. and pretty intimately disconnected. Yeah. Um, you, what what is because so many women, especially, I think we're going through an era where like my generation, the generation below, are having less patience for such bullshit. But what makes you put up with subpar sex for eleven years? I was a good girl and I was doing what I was supposed to do. I was supposed to, I'm, supposed to, I'm married. I'm supposed to fuck my husband. And so I did, but I did it begrudgingly and I didn't really enjoy it after a while. I got tired of it. I got bored. And uh, he decided to have an affair because he wanted to stay in the relationship. And we had, we have a daughter who's now 24 and amazing. And, you know, we're, you know, it, it turns out we've been poly for like 15 years now. But ah. um, and she knows all about it, and she's totally she she's like I like it better that you're Polly. It's more fun and exciting. Your partners are amazing, so <laughs> I don't I don't talk about being Polly very much because it's not that I hide it, but I what I don't want to do, and I'm going to get back to how I got into it and what I do, and mm-hmm. you know where I learned everything and make it real simple. But um, I I never want to trigger people. I never want to make an People who I might be able to inspire to have more intimacy and pleasure and connection with their partner feel like they're not doing enough because they're not friggin' Polly. Susan, I feel like I've never heard a white woman of your age say, I I just never want to trigger anyone. (laughs) Why? You think we're all a bunch of Karens? (laughs) No, no. Actually, I think at your level, I think we call them Susans. I think think my mom would be a – no, but but, but that's very sweet. Uh, Y'all clearly survived the affair. Yes. How did how did that come out? What are the feelings okay. that involved with it? And more importantly, like what were those conversations afterwards that ultimately keep you in this relationship where so many people go, cheat done, as opposed to because like right, in Polyland, Polyland, cheat, have a conversation about the terms of a relationship. Like, you know, people think poly people can't cheat, yeah. which isn't true. It's just we've drawn different rules. Ooh. When we break those rules, that's yeah. when it's cheating. And even then, like we can yeah. talk about it. it doesn't have to be this automatic breakup. So so what was that process like for you too? Right. Yeah, it was interesting. Um, at the time, I was so heteromonogamously oriented and in my good girl thing that it was shortly thereafter that I went through my midlife crisis of growing up. And actually what I had to do was I had to be a teenager and have some fucking fun and not be so serious about everything and have sex with some people and have a good time and learn how to fuck. And so what I did, what my husband and I did, it it was basically, oh shit, we're not happy. We don't want to get a divorce because we see all our friends getting divorced and we know it's not money, it's sex too. And we, we can figure this out what do we do? And we talked to, to people. And um, the friend that my husband talked to said, you got to tell her you're cheating. He told me I was soup. I was sh- ashamed. I couldn't. He I came to, he came to you. He, he came to you. Yeah, he told unprovoked. 
Well, he, he finally said, I got to tell you, I'm cheating. I mean, I know we have a problem and, and this is yeah. how I've been coping with it. And I talked to um, a woman who did the, the work from Byron Katie. Have you ever heard of Byron Katie? She's she does this thing called the work. And basically what she said was his cheating wasn't anything about you. It was just his coping mechanism for the fact that you're not fucking him. Like basically mm-hmm. that's what, and I was like, okay, so I'm not going to take it personally. I'm not going to try, I'm going to try not to take it as the failure that I'm taking it as. And I'm going to try to learn from the experience. And it was at that time that Brad Blanton had come out with his book, Radical Honesty. And our friend Tabor was one of his disciples and we really knew about it. And um, we decided to just get 110% truthy with each other. Just tell the fucking truth. So I had to say to him, when you put your dick in me, it takes my turn on down, not oh. up. Okay, how do we fix that? So we just kept basically taking, breaking everything into what was really true for us. And the hardest part was that lying, covering up, withholds, eggs, it's all just so in to our society, that learning how to tell the truth was the hardest part. But once we started telling the truth, we could figure out and identify the problems and fix them. We started going to sex workshops because we were like, well, our problem is we don't know how to have sex. So let's go to sex workshops. We went to sex workshops and boom, we started to have great sex. And so then we started to have incredible sex and we're like, we need to start a company bringing what we're learning in these workshops to people all over the world who don't have thousands of dollars to travel to San Francisco to go to tantric lovemaking workshops. Because my husband was the inventor of Rhapsody, which was the first online broadband music service, pre-Pandora, pre-Spotify, for all you kitties out there. So we knew about digital, direct-to-consumer digital broadband delivery. Mm. And we knew that we could teach orgasm techniques to people online because we were digital Silicon Valley entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. My company invented the cable modem. Like if you have Cox or Comcast or whatever, and you get your broadband cable, that was my, that was the company that I was with. So Mm -hmm. we decided to essentially take our passion, which is passion and turn it into personal life media. And that was 15 years ago this year. So we've been working together for 15 years. You know, so how did how did you and your husband transition from from the affair and and go and realizing you want to practice some more radical honesty and and not wanting to get divorced? How did y'all transition that into the polyamorous marriage that y'all have now? I know I have a lot of listeners who have who have been in your shoes where they've been in their 30s or 40s, 10 to 15 years into something, something happens, they realize they may want to fuck other people and uh they don't know how to make that transition when they, you know, they thought they were going to do one thing and then all of a sudden it's going to be something very different. Polly is not for everyone. And it's a very high stakes game to be pretty. You have to be pretty emotionally mature. You have to be very good at calendaring and you have to be able to hold, (laughs) (laughs) you have, have to be able to hold, um, a lot. I mean, I remember, Last year, year and a half ago, I got COVID and I got long haul COVID and I was just super fucking sick right at the time that my husband and I had met a new woman who had come into our life. And I remember months on end lying in bed in the next room, listening to them having the best sex. I was too sick to do anything. And I wanted them 
to have their love affair. I, I listened to and I watched them fall in love. And it was, it's, it was absolutely the, he opened her to her sexuality. He's a masterful lover. And he opened her to her sexuality and took her to places she had never even dreamed of. And I, I listened to them and they could go on and on and on. Those two can fuck for hours. And here I am lying in bed. I have to hold onto the wall to even get up to go to the bathroom. I'm so dizzy from COVID for months. And uh, my activity tracker on my iPhone was like flatline for months. <laughs> and uh, I could equally hold my loneliness, my envy, my, my desire, my unmet desires with my joy for them, both having that experience. I could hold all of that. Mm. Not everybody can hold a wide range of extremely conflicting emotion. Yeah. And you have to be able to do that. And here's how it happened. We went to those sex workshops. We got good in bed. We, we started having the best sex of our lives. And we're like, hey, we should fuck some other people. This is great. <laughs> fucking is awesome. And not just fucking, but all the, you know, all the good stuff. Right. And um, we, we approached a few of our friends in the, in, in, in the Silicon Valley, and it's very conservative there. <laughs> and they're like, ew, no. What the fuck is wrong with you? Well, you propositioned your friends? Like kind of. Yeah, we did. Well, we didn't know what we were doing. <laughs> yeah, we propositioned our friends, the hot ones. <laughs> the ones we always wanted to fuck secretly. <laughs> Such a go-getter. We love it. <laughs> Wouldn't you? I mean, we moved. Yeah, that's, that's the good plan. <laughs> we moved to Marin County, and mm -hmm. that was so much better. And we finally got in with um, sex-positive people, poly communities. We got to go to sex parties. We got to learn how to do all of that. We got to learn the etiquettes and the, the conversations and the clearings and the everything. So we were lucky enough to get trained by... A lot of people in Marin who were our elders who'd been in Polly for decades before we had, and they taught us what to do and took us under their wing. And we had a lot of contemporaries who also did. But we have an unusual kind of Polly. Do tell. What we have is something called a monogapod. We have a fluid bonded group who are all monogamous together. I think some people and, would call it. Uh, uh, have you heard this term, uh, polyfidelitous, or something, something yes, of that nature? Where it's yeah, it's yeah. A, there's a group, and you stay within the group, but there is a group, yeah. but you stay within yes. the group. Yeah. yeah, and nobody fucks anybody outside the group. If you do, and you're always in choice, then you have to wait ninety days, take a test, all your tests, and screen mm -hmm. back in. Oh, so, so the, the sexual exclusivity of the group is more about sexual health than, say, emotions or, or something of that nature? It's really more like you can go fuck other no, people, but then- it there's No, it's because there's only four of us in the group right now. Sometimes okay. there's five or six. Sometimes there's two or three. Um, Tim and I are at the base and people mm -hmm. come and go in our lives there are, that are our lovers. And we, um, we fall in love with each other, all of us. Everybody is a yet, everybody has to be a yay or it's a no. Mm -hmm. 
So right now we're two women and two men, another woman and another man. And um, no one's having sex outside that. And Mm -hmm. we all support and love each other. And we're constantly on WhatsApp with each other talking and we get together and we're having Thanksgiving and we go on trips together. And my husband and my boyfriend are currently on the road driving from San Diego to Mill Valley in my daughter's car, bringing her car up to this house because she left she's in school in France right now so they're best buds they're surfing buddies and we have sex in whatever configuration of whoever's around and we all have (laughs) sex with each other but we also just all love each other we are Mm -hmm. family we're a poly family which is the kind of poly that works for me and how long has this configuration been together I, um, I think my, my girlfriend has been in our group for the last couple of years. Before that, we had, um, a number of other girlfriends, um, who one has recently gotten engaged and she's gone back into monogamy. Um, and I, I had a boyfriend in the poly group for nine years who unfortunately Fox News ruined him. Oh no. And I couldn't, um, I can't, I have to fuck people with a values match. Oh my gosh, uh, Susan. So that was really sad. Susan, you keep surprising me at every turn. This is beautiful. I love it. Uh, <laughs> I love people who just have, who's like, I love it when I hear someone whose pussy has principles, you know? Uh, yeah. Cause <laughs> I all, I share a similar vibe. I'm just, you know, I got, there's just one annoying dude in my world who I know who's just like, Billy, I could line up. 10 beautiful women from Dallas. They all love Trump and you would love to date them. I'd be like, not when I see the Trump hat. Then I'd be like, yeah. no, it's too bad. We ruined a hot thing with, with a terrible mentality. Uh, so yeah. good. Good on you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so, yeah, I'm also sorry to hear that. That's, that's gotta be I tough. And I gotta imagine I that's also like a slow burn too. Right. Like I'm sure it wasn't yeah, one he day was great when I met him. Yeah. And then over time he just became the opposite of me. And uh, I broke up with him in January and I asked the universe for a summer boy toy in San Diego. Mm -hmm. And uh, like early March, he's like, here you go. And um, turns out I had a very serious conversation with my summer boy toy. And I was like, well, it's fall. (laughs) <laughs> and I can't let you go. Um, so I'd like to transition you into actual real, real Z for real Z boyfriend, because I love you and I can mm. tell you love me and you love us and we want you to stay and it has to keep going. And he's like, yeah, this is, this is the most fun thing I've ever done in my life is, I mean, like, I think he was like born, born to be poly. <laughs> like he just dovetailed right the fuck into that shit. I mean, he's so good at, he's so good at group sex and he's never had any until he was 64 years old. Well, so the so the boy the other boyfriend is sixty four, and yeah, then I believe uh, you and your husband are like in your early sixties. You said I'm sixty, he's uh-huh. fifty seven, and our girlfriend is forty eight. Oh, look at that! Look, I love I love that your younger girlfriend is an older girlfriend for me. I, I'm <laughs> really into it. Hey. Uh, <laughs> but something I hear, and 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 tell me what your vibe was when you start entering that like. San Francisco area, Marin County, kind of sex positive, alternative sexuality world. Because I do hear from some folks, they'll be like, oh, 
you know, Polly, that's a young person's game. But obviously for oh, y'all, no. it is so not. And we so tons I- of elderly Polly people. Tons. Mm-hmm. They're all up here in the hills, Billy. <laughs> <laughs> what was it like to be of an age entering that world? Did you have to go find your own people or were you hanging out with a lot of slutty youngsters? What What was that transition like? All age ranges from mm-hmm. 20s to 70s and mm-hmm. even 80s. And I you remember, felt accepted? Um, oh, yeah. I, I don't really um, – I mean – I just ran the Empire State Building in stairs two weeks ago. <laughs> I'm, I'm in fantastic shape. A- and I'm operating at a level of performance in my life that is the highest that I've ever operated. So I, and I like to help people and support people and uh, contribute to people and be a fairy godmother to people. So I like all ages. I like to be helped and help. I like I like young people, old people. I just like people, mm-hmm. and I don't really pay attention to age. It's mm-hmm. I never. I'm I'm kind of like colorblind, age blind, gender blind. I just I'm, I'm just like, are you hot? That's what I care about. It's like that's that's. It doesn't matter. Hot knows no age. You know exactly. Hot just looks different at different ages, but they're still hot. Yes. Do do you so obviously like you're open to all sorts of ages, but do you experience any we'll call it ageism within your your dating world? Maybe, but um, I'm not really actively out dating. I'm not sure, but over the last like decade or so, like is that is that something you feel like you've come up against uh, over the years? No, I think I'm hotter than I've ever been. I I I mean I don't know how you've ever been before, so I'll just uh, I'll just agree. Uh, <laughs> I'll be like, yeah, yeah, so far so Always good. Wise. <laughs> <laughs> good self-preservation move there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's not the thing I put my attention on. Okay. So um, I put my attention on the feeling that I get from people. I mean, I do get yeah. fetishized for my age because okay. there are so many young men who would, l- they love the cougar concept. There you go. He's like, that's me, mommy. That's me. <laughs> 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 yeah. And there is definitely something about an older woman who is willing to be ruthlessly sexually self-expressed and mm-hmm. who has no body shame and who is a great comer and who is a lot of fucking fun and who feels good in her body and has an appetite and all that stuff that's just so appealing. The more women who exhibit that, the more men. I just wish people would feel and project their sexiness more in general. Everybody. Yeah. As I have become less perfect, I have become more accepting that we're all on this planet for such a short time and our bodies are, we had no control over what we look like. And if we take good care of them and we worship the magic that they can, that they can do, then that's, that's enough. That's appealing. That's amazing. That's amazing. Is there something you wish you could go back and tell 25, 30 year old Susan, like, hey. Yeah. Yeah. Pussy rubs. Get more pussy rubs. 
number one thing. Is that the a thing- product or a, or a, or no. a, or a thing someone does? <laughs> no, it's yeah, it's um, pussy rub sounds like you something you could get at a spa. Be like, I would like, I would like a face mask, and uh, we, could we do some neck and uh, and a pussy rub and yeah. That would be great if there were pussy rub spas because there are handy spas for guys. You can get a happy ending. Mm. But women need pussy rub spas. I mean, honestly, thank you, Billy. I think I just need to start pussy rub spas in every city, in every major metro around well, the globe. I can I would, see it now. <laughs> I would say uh, start with Oregon. They might decriminalize sex work soon. So, you know, you exactly. can start up there. Yeah. Um, if I could say one thing, it would be and, – and this is like – if you if you talk to the you know Susan Bratton intimacy expert to millions person, mm. the thing I spend the, my most time teaching people is about the erectile tissue systems in your vulva. We women have as much erectile tissue as men, but nobody's thinking about getting mm. us a clit boner. Mm-hmm. And our clit is all just buried treasure. You know, guys are outies and we're innies, but we have as much tissue and we get penetrated too fast. And this is what led to the downfall and near death of my marriage was that I just never got enough warm up to do what I like to call crossing the gasm chasm. And and you didn't know about like, say, erectile tissue in, in no, clits back, is- back before all of this. This was in doing your research to teach people how to have better sex. Is that right? Exactly. Yeah. I am a sex nerd. What are some tips and tricks you like to share with people when it comes to that erectile tissue? One of the techniques for coming really, really well is to take that moment of climax and stretch it out like taffy so that instead of just having like a, you know, and you're done, you're basically just going into that orgasmic climax and staying there like, oh, you know, for like a minute, two minutes, three minutes, four minutes, five minutes, 10 I could run 10 minutes of that audio if you want, if you just want to keep doing that. Good. Yeah, exactly. I love, I love my moan tracks. They are so sexy. You have to use a light touch to do that, a light touch on the clit. I don't know if you've ever heard of expanded orgasm or orgasmic meditation or expanded, extended massive orgasm, EMO or deliberate orgasm, DO. I've heard of the OM. You've heard of OM. OM. Yeah. Yeah, One taste. Uh Uh-huh. Basically, that clitoral stroke technique was invented in Oakland, in the Oakland area, by Susie and Victor Barranco in the 70s. And they had a sex cult called Morehouse, where they did this clit stroke every single day to each other. And it's a it's it's really five strokes, but there's this main stroke that is a stroke that is up under the hood of the clit, usually on the if you're facing the pussy on the right side at two o'clock, if the pussy's a clock, two o'clock on the clit. Okay. And you stroke it so softly with the tip of your finger that it's like, you know how sometimes when you get an eyelash on your eyeball and you use the pad of your finger to touch and get that eyelash off your eyeball? Okay. It's like that. I'm like doing this along with your explanation. It's very interesting. Okay. Billy's stabbing himself in the eye right now. Well, then, because uh, I'm then trying to like, I'm trying to like picture doing that. It wasn't, it, it it wasn't the soft part. You were like, well, it's two o'clock on the right side. I was like, oh, okay, directions. Like my girlfriend's dyslexic; she'll never tell the difference. But you know, it's like I'm just like, okay, like how would I do that? 
About 80%, even close to 90% of women have the most sensitive spot on their clit on their clitoral tip, which is called the glands, mm-hmm. uh, on the left side, right off 12, just down off the left side on that meaty glands part where the nerve endings are. That's where the most nerve endings are. So if you get your finger well lubed up under the hood a bit and you're touching the clitoral glands and you're stroking it and you deliver that real light stroke, you can give put a woman into orgasm that because you can keep delivering that stroke without wearing her clit out. Mm-hmm. Um, most women, women who are like one and done type of orgasmers, it's because they're just getting overstimulated. The clit has an infinite ability to come and be in orgasm. So using that super light stroke right up there under the hood allows a woman to rest into that. And then when you make contact with your finger on her clit and you feel her and you feel her turn on, you can essentially deliver the sensation that she needs to stay in that moment of climax. It's like she becomes a a big wave rider on the orgasm. You know, she's just riding this giant orgasmic wave for a really long time. It's like a super long reef break. There's another piece of it that's important too, And that is that the nervous system toggles back and forth between the sympathetic and parasympathetic. You have to give the clit what are called intentional peaks. You have to, you have to stroke, but you have to stop delivering sensation for a second so that the body reaches for the sensation, which is what allows her orgasm to keep going up instead of fall off. It's a, it's a dance. It's a dance of pleasure. And that's one example um, of the type of stimulation that a clit can experience. And, and what's really interesting about all of it is I just described a female orgasm, but the male and female orgasmic abilities are exactly the same. The only difference, there's 20 kinds of orgasm that we can all have. 20. 20. 20. You can have 20 kinds. Do they all have very have fun, cute names that you came up with in a notebook one day? <laughs> <laughs> no, not really. Um, but men kind of they they get, they get stuck in this belief that their ejaculation and orgasm are intertwined. Mm-hmm. You know, like okay, when I when I have an orgasm, I ejaculate. But that's just a learned. That's just learned. That's just what they think. Mm-hmm. Really, orgasm and ejaculation are very separate things. And the only difference between the the XX and XY body, if you will, the chromosomes, the ma- the male and female, the penis and the vulva, the only difference is that women have a urethral sponge, which people call a G spot. It's not a spot. Men have the prostate, so they have an Audi with their penis. We have a little internal clit. And we have a urethral sponge. We have three erectile systems. They have three erectile chambers in their penis. I mean, we're very similar and we come the same and we have the this infinite capacity to come mm-hmm. in all these 20 different ways. We just, in- they're, literally, it's just learning how to do, it's like knowing it's possible and then learning how to do it. So tell me about penis pumps. Because oh I thought God. that was just an Austin Powers thing, and I and, and I hope you'll also be able to tell us what risks may or may not come with those. But oh God, I'm sending you a penis pump. Stop. They are. <laughs> I I can't believe this is like one of my favorite things to talk about in the whole world because 
a lot of men want a bigger dick. And as you age, your genitals atrophy and they shrink. Like we wrinkle, which is shrinking. We're drying up and we're wrinkling. So does your dick. So does your pussy. And the pump. What age, by the way, does that start happening? I just want to know how many years I got left. About 40. Okay. Okay. So I got like, I got good. I got eight. Okay, cool. So some men want to use a pump for penis enlargement and some use it for basically reversing the atrophy of aging by pulling what it, what it basically does is it's this tube that you stick your dick in and it sucks onto your abdomen and you, you, you pump and it puts vacuum pressure in there that pulls the blood from your body into your dick. And when it pulls the blood from the body into the dick, it increases the blood carrying capacity of your dick. It essentially, as you age, all your, your, your vascular system starts to recede because it's got to protect your organs and your heart and your brain and your stomach and all that stuff. So you you get peripheral edema, you get loss of peripheral blood flow, and you get that in your penis. So it atrophies and you lose blood carrying capacity, which means you don't get a firm an erection as you get older. So pumping, you pump flaccid, you put a flaccid penis in the cylinder and you pump and it pulls the blood in and expands it and kind of pushes the limits of how much it can hold and keeps pushing the blood out to the edge case, if you will. Mm-hmm. And what that does is it, and and when you pump it, and you have to be careful. So what, what you really have to be careful f- with in pumping is two things. Number one, using a novelty product from China is not going to work. You need the properly sized cylinder for your penis size. And you need to have a really good gauge so you have an accurate ability to know what your vacuum pressure is. Because if you over pump, you can bruise your penis. You could stretch the tunica albuginea, which is the basically the membrane that holds in all that erectile tissue. You can mm. tear it like you tear an ACL or an MCL. It's like saran wrap. Once you tear it, it doesn't bounce back. And then it can get a bend in it. And then you can get Peyronie's disease and your dick gets permanently bent and it can bend so badly you can't even do penetration anymore. The thing with the pumps are you have to get the right cylinder. You have to have a good gauge, which is why I don't like the water pumps because there's no real gauge and why you should never buy one a novelty item in an adult store. And the only pump that I recommend is a pump called the Whopper. And what I like about it is that it has a cylinder sizing system. It has a really good gauge. And it's interesting that when you pump your penis, if you just use a pump where you stick your dick in, it makes your pump girthier, wider, thicker, but it doesn't make it longer. And with the Whopper pump, they have one that has a cylinder big enough that you get your balls in there too. And when you can get your, your dick and balls in the cylinder, it pulls on the suspensory ligament, which is the erector ligament that when you get a heart on and it fills mm-hmm. with blood, your dick goes up. You know, like if you can get a good heart on and hang your towel from your dick, it's that's yeah. your suspensor ligament that's doing that. It tugs on that and it elongates that. So you get a little drop. So you get a longer dick and a thicker dick. 
And what it also does is it gives you more blood carrying capacity. So you get a more blood in your dick, you get a harder, firmer erection, and it does a little tiny bit of micro damage, which your body then comes into repair by rebuilding new tissue, a new, more new vascular system and new nerve sensation tissue. Because mm. as men age, they also get sensation loss. There's a lot of wives wives who, who email me and they're like, my husband just pumps away at my vagina for like an hour and he's so close, but he never comes. What can I do? And this is where I say, go get gains wave, get, you know, use a, use a vacuum erection device, use the whopper, um, maybe get some pee shots, um, take some nitric oxide supplementation. Like there's a whole stat. I wrote about it on my blog. If, if you're listening and you're like, yes, this is my problem. Just go to my website at personallifemedia.com. And I, I write down exactly what all the things are you can do mm-hmm. to get sensation back because right. guys start to have trouble coming as they mm. get old. But now now the the temporary like enlargement of the penis from these pumps of it's course not temporary. is not Well well here's look if you google and I feel like anyone with a dick at some point in their life I did most of it in like middle school and high school uh was the like how do I make my dick bigger right I feel like yeah. that we've all searched it and we find yeah. a variety of techniques. Some will find the pump. Yeah. Uh, there's jelking. the jelking is I another don't one. Don't recommend jelking. Guys right? hurt themselves but, all the time on but, that. And, and, and all sorts of things. But at the end of the day, I feel like if there was sincerely a proven method that makes one's penis bigger, we would all know about it. No, this is a sincerely proven method to make your penis bigger is to consistently use a vacuum erection device. It's just like going to the gym, where if you go to the gym and you get your bicep going, mm. and then you stop going to the gym, the bicep gets flaccid. Okay, so, but if I'm if I'm like you know in my in my twenties, if I'm a solid six inches, like yeah. now you're saying by the time I hit forty, that might start to get a little smaller and atrophy, as you described. But it's like if I'm to use the pump, it's not like you're ever going to get bigger than what you had, but rather it's you would no, retain. No, you can get bigger than what you had. You oh. can you can assume to go. So 20, you may send me a penis bigger. pump. <laughs> I'm sending you one. I'm, I'm totally sending you one. Um, you can get 20 to 25% bigger. You do about, I have a 13 week pumping program every other day that I recommend for enlargement. And that gets you 10 to 15% larger. Usually you got to keep going a little longer to hit 20. You got to pump for quite a while to get anything above 20. And it really depends on how much material you have, the level of health you have, what are your testosterone levels? Are you really compliant with the pumping? Are you getting a good seal? But all the, I mean, there are forums. I mean, and I get pictures from guys that pump all the time. I've helped thousands of men feel confident that pumping was not going to be a ripoff or a waste of their time. Mm. And they send me the before and after pictures and they're just unbelievable how much growth they get. Uh, look, guys are like, I get out of the shower and I and I, I like catch a glimpse of a dick in the mirror and I'm like, I can't believe that's fucking my dick. <laughs> I can't believe it. I mean, there's always sending me pictures. I get so many dick pics, Billy, because I'm always encouraging men and I don't mind getting dick pics. They're proud of their gains and I want them to have them. And the thing is, if you're four inches, you're going to get 20% of four inches. If you're right. six inches, you're going to get 20% of six inches. If you're eight inches, you're going to get 20 There are some guys that have these giant dicks that have body dysmorphia because they've just, they're hung like horses now. And 
um, that's kind of their jam is that they just want to have these giant schlongs. They want to have giant useless schlongs. Uh, <laughs> Some women seek them out though. Yeah. Oh, I've seen the posts. I've seen yeah. the posts. <laughs> but that's interesting. I just, I like I said, I always figured like if there was a thing, uh, somebody would be a multi-billionaire uh, by now if there was a thing. So why isn't this something more widespread talked about? Is there, are there health risks that prevent people from wholeheartedly endorsing or what, what, where's the skepticism? What's preventing this from, why does, don't, why don't we all know about this, Susan? <laughs> I think because most people have purchased a novelty item and with no gauge that's mm -hmm. ill-fitting and haven't gotten the gains, but the Whopper is an FDA class two device. It's sold in doctor's offices really? for reversal of ed more than penis enlargement you don't go to your doctor and ask them if you can have a bigger dick i just see the the men in my world who try it and the ones that are successful are the ones that are willing to do it consistently every other day to get to the gains where they're happy and then go on a maintenance program mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um well, susan i you know i feel like i could talk to you for uh even longer but i feel like i would love to save this and just like have you back on when i when we're in uh in I the same room i feel like we would uh connect so hard so you know next time in new york please please do let me know um i am dying to come to new york Yes, come back. Uh, <laughs> uh, for now, you know, where could people go find you if they want to join your newsletter for the sex tips, if they want to, you know, check out your content? You make very fun orgasmonaut videos, I will, I will say. Uh, <laughs> where can they go to find more of you? If you want to see what I look like, go to Instagram. My name I is highly Susan recommend Bratton. everybody. Do do that one. And I've been <laughs> recently dropping my latest photo shoot, which is called Booby Palooza. And that one's been fun. I did like basically a tit focused one. I, I feel like if you're going to be a sex expert, you should be sexy. So, yeah. and I want to really represent what sexy is at 60. So um, you can find me on Instagram. If you want to see all my crazy videos where I get dressed up in ridiculous costumes and teach you how to be sexy and no sexy shit, that's at betterlover.com. And then, uh, and there's all the penis pump stuffs on there, the P shots, the O shots, all the sexy sexual biohacking stuffs on there, as well as like how to swallow a cock hole and you know things like that. And then you're um, like a slutty Joe Rogan with better politics. <laughs> thank you, and and hair. <laughs> yes, and hair. Yeah, well, definitely better and looking. Tall. But that, that look, better looking part goes without saying. But yeah. <laughs> uh, so betterlover.com. And um, the encyclopedia of everything Susan Bratton has taught, and all my mailbags. We call them mailbags when people email me and they give me this thorny issue and I give them the answer, my dear Abby type of stuff. All that is on personallifemedia.com. And that's for, God, I want to know how to talk dirty. I want to know how to give blowjobs. I want to know how to do an expanded orgasm. I want to know what the four kinds of sex toys are, whatever, you know, all the millions of things I've written about on sex. That's at personallifemedia.com. So those are three places to find me. Fantastic. Fantastic. Well, people uh, definitely go uh, check her out in those places. And uh, Susan, this was wonderful. I do hope we get to talk again. Uh, you time. are you are a delight. This was fun. Uh, why don't you go ahead and say goodbye to everybody? Bye, everybody. <laughs> Have good orgasms today. <laughs>
Uh, she did send me a penis pump. I is in my closet right now for when I just feel emotionally prepared to stick my cock in a tube. And the first place you'll hear or probably see it is over on my OnlyFans. For for real. I'm not even uh that's just I think that is the appropriate place for such content. So go follow my free OnlyFans if you want to see it in action. At minimum, there's gonna be some sort of like free demonstration joint over there. And you can follow that at onlyfans.com slash call me Billy. Do you have comments about this week's episode? Do you got questions? You got some criticisms? Maybe some things you want to bring up? Hey, shoot me an email with any and all of it to manhorpod at gmail.com. If one of your 2022 resolutions is to make more like-minded friends, is to explore your sex positivity, your sexuality, your kinks, then you need to join us in the champagne room where you can talk and explore all of that. Introduce yourself today. Make new friends at manhorpod.com slash discord. And some of those friends you'll notice will have like orange flair. And that's because they support the Man Whore podcast on Patreon. That's how we signify who the who the extra special fan whores are. Support the Man Whore podcast and receive a slew of great rewards. You'll even hear a bonus episode with Susan Bratton uh, come out tomorrow for all of my $5 and up fan whores. On that bonus episode, we're talking just about radical honesty and getting it on later in life. Get access to that bonus episode as well as over 200 other bonus episodes at patreon.com slash podcast. That's patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash podcast. Get boosted. And stay slutty. It's the vibrator that has no equal. And now, Motor Bunny offers their thrusting sex machine, the Motor Bunny Buck. Enjoy a fan whore discount at manwhorepod.com slash motorbunny or use promo code manwhore at checkout.